the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 37 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is where you can find over at MMA Junkies, as well as OddsCheckerUS.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. One of you are listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, So I'm recording this early in the wee hours of the morning here in Las Vegas for UFC Vegas 37, UFC Fight Night 192, UFC Fight Night Smith versus Span. So I don't know why Mike Myers is helping with the intro, um, but yeah, uh, you can go ahead and skip the timestamps for when the breakdown starts. I go from top to bottom, and if you're in uh, more of a rush and want to hear me less, I guess I can't blame you. You can also skip to the very end where I recap all my picks and plays again, same order, from top to bottom. <clears throat> uh, yeah, going to do some shouts um, and just touch on a couple topics off the top. Going to try to keep this expedited. Uh, and blow through some things. It's been a busy week. Your boy is out of uh, energy. I've, I've been up. I just uh, turned the last of my assignments. I'm trying to get everything done so I can enjoy uh, this little uh, Life is Beautiful festival, at least uh, one day of it there with my girlfriend. A uh, little, uh, little one-day uh, staycation there and uh, to, to uh, you know treat ourselves and blow off some steam. It's important. It's important. Go do it. Gotta relax. It's important. So um, that's where my mind's at. Pardon me. Um, I haven't been that very active because it's been so busy this week. Um, that being said, I will make up for some of that here. Uh, although I'll try to keep things expedited. Um, Dana White Contender Series happened. Thank you guys. For, I'm not going to go into that. I just want to thank you guys for reading the grading the winners. A lot to say this week. Uh, put a lot in, to do more than I should for a recap. So I appreciate you guys reading, sharing, all that stuff. Um, in-depth breakdowns in the normal spot. We'll get that when we talk about the breakdowns, I suppose. Uh, and two retirements. Um, Carlos Condit and Joseph Benavides. Of course, Carlos Condit, one of my favorite welterweights. Go watch Carlos Condit versus Hiro Mitsumira. That's my favorite. And Joby Wan Kenobi, Beefcake Benavides. Of course, those are Junkie Radio nicknames, who... I've interviewed him since back in the day, which is why I became a big fan of uh, Joseph Benavidez. And when I was lucky enough to be on the show and lucky enough to interview Joe, to know that he was such a sweetheart of a person was just meant so much more, as well as his wife, Megan O'Leary, uh, just just a sweet in person, for what that's worth. And uh, i got to listen to their podcast, because I feel like Joe should do a film podcast. I'm just trying to put that in the universe. Because I, I want more MMA people to do film podcasts. And like maybe in my own mind, I'm like maybe I can do a film podcast with them, even though I suck. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying to put this out in the universe. But uh, <clears throat> either way, I think Joseph and Megan have their own podcast. So perhaps I should just go listen to that, huh? Yeah, I should do that. Because uh, I really enjoyed talking to Joe about movies and listening to his opinions. 
gonna miss him though. Uh, but he again, he seems like too too good of a, a person to be sticking in this game. And um, and yeah, I'm 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 not sad at all that he retired. I just I wish him nothing but the best. Um, I'm I'm not gonna try to run on on this next one, folks. But it would be hypocritical if I didn't bring it up. Uh, and I, I do I want to bring it up because it's it's important. Um, it's certainly a hot topic. I know this isn't a topical show. You know, try to keep things you know the analysis for the most part, but to stay consistent, not be hypocritical, to talk about what's important to me and what what I think is important and what's you know just permeating amongst the timeline is. Um, the trans fighter, I believe it was Alana McLaughlin, is the, uh, the last name. And I believe she fought Celine Provost um, in Kabate America, so watch the fight. Not going to get into crazy analyzing it, because then that'll just lead down to bro science. And we don't need that. Or the science bros, right? And I'm a fan of science, obviously, but... I'm also a fan of, I know, take a shot every time Dan Tom says sample size. And um, scientifically, socially, all the above uh, pertaining to this topic, there's not a large sample size. Um, so, yeah, crazy enough, I'm not going to say anything crazy. Or spout like I know, or opinions. Um, and spoiler alert, folks, I don't know. It is complicated. I don't. I'm not going to tell you how to feel because, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, cite uh, arguments except for the arguments against hate, which I'm going to touch on and get to here in a second. That, that's important to me. But, um, but, uh, but, uh, as far as, uh, so spoiler alert, I'm not, not that I ever consider myself on a high horse. I'm not coming up with you guys on a high horse telling any of you guys how to feel. Um, because I don't know how to feel. I'll tell you what I don't feel. I don't feel hatred. I've always considered myself gay and LGBTQ friendly. Perhaps this is because not just gays in my uh, a lot of gay people in my family, but uh, a lot of uh, my gay uncles who did the bulk of the babysitting. I was just talking to my mom the other day because uh, we we're talking about the movie coming out, Coda, and I was listening to a podcast about. Uh, the representation podcast and film, and they were doing obviously one about deaf representation and film with Coda. I was talking about like all the family members who like raised me with my deaf aunties or my gay uncles. Uh, and, and and as I psychoanalyze myself, because I believe that these instead of reactionary and, and feeling like our opinions are like have to fucking matter and we have to like project them to the world, whether they're hateful ones or not, ignorant ones or not, I feel like these opportunities for these complicated subjects are great times to well if it's complicated why is it complicated well maybe you should learn dan and that's what i plan on doing and if i do can suggest anything to you guys i would suggest that as well um and i get it not everybody's wired like me like i'm just have that curious mind like now i want to know more the history of trans people history of trans athletes I'm, i'm genuinely i'm genuinely curious if you're not that's cool i'm not saying you need to be but I'm just saying that these are good opportunities to perhaps educate yourself. Um, these are also good opportunities, as I talked about the psychoanalyzing note and left it off hanging for a second there, is that I do feel, if I venture to say, is that, if I will say one, one thing, 
uh, opinion-wise, is that I think these are good opportunities to also not just learn about a topic that I, you, we are ignorant on, but also perhaps in learning about those topics, you can, if you're open to it, at least, you can learn about yourself. And I'm learning not you know just how ignorant I am to as far as trans issues because I just I, I don't have a grasp on a lot. Um, in that world, or uh, I, I, you know, um, I guess I'll use the word "world" there for lack of a better word. But yeah, <coughs> sorry, I have some water here. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a good opportunity to, you know, learn about yourself because what what surprised me was just. You know, just and I get it. The internet and transphobia, homophobia, all the phobias out there, and the internet, MMA, is a rich place for them. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised in that sense. But again, similar to and why I'd be a hypocrite because I, you know, uh, for not bringing it up, but bringing up like the stop Asian hate stuff. But similar to my issue with that, or my issue with. Uh, rewinding even back further, the murder of George Floyd, and, and w when you realized, you know, how many people just could not, for the life of them, acknowledge the what, what I thought was a well-known fact, F-A-C-T, of that you know, black people are disproportionately, uh, <laughs> uh, disproportionately murdered by police. Um, I didn't think that was like a crazy thing to to know. Or even assume. Um, and you saw the same stuff with the Asian hate. Still, you know, uh, still at peak levels, by the way, you know, in and out of MMA, all the, mainly out of MMA, obviously, but I know I always bring up the within MMA examples, but it's mainly, you know, it's obviously out. Uh, the, 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 the world that is bigger than MMA, right? Uh, more importantly. Uh, but um, within MMA, it was just so surprising to see. Again, I know it's fighters over martial artists, but I would like to think there's there's got to be some of that aspect. And if not, I would like to still think there's maybe the human being aspect to stick up for the weaker, the marginalized, the vulnerable. And to see people just not give a shit about their vulnerable, from COVID to Black Lives Matter, to Stop Asian Hate. You know, obviously did a number on your boy, and I've talked about that, and I think we've seen my attitude toward the space. Because, um, again, it's not about politics for me. It's just about being a fucking good human being and not being a racist POS. I don't know. Crazy, I know. Um, but, um, but seeing the absolute vile hate speech and just, not even just hate speech, like, Threats of violence from randos to fighters and fighters who consider themselves martial artists. There's threats of violence to trans people or person was just... It even took me back. As someone who expects this shit halfway, right? More than halfway. That a space full of and this probably applies to everyone from the fighters to fans, right? And everybody in between. A space full of 
weird and misunderstood individuals who express themselves in the most wild and radical ways. I mean, that is our space, right? Weird and misunderstood individuals who express themselves in the most radical and wild ways. And what those individuals choose to get up in arms about and not to get up in arms about between two consensual human beings, whether it's a kick to the knee or a trans fighter competing again what weird and misunderstood people express themselves wild ways what they get up in arms about and again I'm not going to pretend to have any answers to tell you how to feel about as far as trans athletes competing in combat sports or MMA in general to what we saw in Kabate with Alana's fight, which she got, people don't know, she actually got pieced up really bad technique-wise on the feet um, until uh, landing some hard shots and then eventually getting it to the ground to, for a win, I believe, in the second round. Um, RNC. But... Eh, and I'm not gonna lie, there were there were some you know there were some visuals that you know with the commentary injunction are, are going to be used and put in a way that I get okay I get it. I'm not trying to tell you guys how to feel, but like if you really contextualize it in that way of like that I did, it's I, I don't I don't know, man. Human expression is so important. And the lengths that I see people, at least in my country, going going crazy about human expression as it relates to a piece of cloth over your fucking face. I mean, if I can't imagine what it would be like to not be even be able to express yourself through your gender and who you fucking are every day, like a trans person has to go through, which is why their suicide rates are off the charts, page note that. I don't think these people who who still can't fathom the you know, cloth over their face or something like that, you know, um, or, or vaccine issues, or you pick your fucking issue of that's a hot topic of soup du jour of today. I mean, it, it's sadly it's 2021, but it's yeah, it's still going to be a long road, I guess, until God forbid someone you know we start putting ourselves in the perspective of other people, much less God forbid a trans person. And I get that it's not easy if you have no grasp of it as I, but what I do have a grasp of is back to the suicide note is as someone with Tourette's, we share a lot of the same stat pages with um, the LGBTQ and trans community. Now, the trans community is a notch above <laughs> a lot of us, right? Definitely the Tourette's. And I don't want to demean or speak for the rest of the gay communities, but I think we can all agree, anybody who's halfway aware of these things that um and pound for pound Tourette's is up there and it's it's a bit you know I'm not trying to fucking demean my what I have but it is a bit loaded in the sense it's a neurological umbrella so like I've got legit depression and other things and so do other people Tourette's it's a nice little package it's a little potent punch there 
Um, but we, uh, as far as like teenage and child, um, to uh, suicides, even sadly, but to obviously the adult, more common ones, we're like top five, right? Well, trans is top five too, but they're like toward the number ones almost, right? Maybe even. I haven't seen any recent numbers or charts up to date. But just go look at the timeline. I mean, look at what people say. Can you really... Is it really that unfathomable? Like, it makes a whole lot of fucking sense, actually, that they're so high on suicide rates. I mean, look at how the world talks about them. Like, I don't know, man. Alana seemed fairly open about her situation in the interviews, and I wanted to hear more of her talk. I would like to hear more trans people athletes or not speak about their experience but instead like all these other topics whether it's issues of women race etc it's a bunch of people that are speaking out of their ass that they don't even know what they're talking about they don't belong to the group they don't meet know anybody who fits the group and but they got to make sure their opinions heard and you know all their opinion where they stand you know it's like why don't why don't we let the people that we're talking about tell their story? Why don't we let the people in question tell their story? You know, we're seeing more of that as far as, you know, um, Hollywood goes, which is finally good. You know, we're seeing more, not just black actors or black story, you know, black story, but like black writers, black directors. People actually behind the screen to tell the stories, which is important. Same with um, Asians. Hopefully, are going to start following that suit. It seems, uh, and so on and so forth. Right? Like, there's there's something to that. It shouldn't be too hard to get grasp why. Yeah, the people that the source is going to know the best. The people who are the ones in questions. Well, maybe their perspectives are worthwhile. No. And that's who I want to hear from, you know. Um, I'm going to do my best to educate myself. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to feel, but I just would suggest if I were to suggest anything is use this opportunity or these opportunities in general to educate yourself, uh, as I will attempt to do. And in the process, you may learn about yourself, like I said earlier. And perhaps, you know, we can be more informed and less hateful. I don't know. I know it's a crazy ask. I. That's all I would want to see. That's what I'm working toward with myself. Um, obviously, more the informed, less of the hate. I don't have any hate toward trans people or gay people. But I have a lot of ignorance and a lot I don't know. So I'm going to look to remedy that. And... Um, yeah, sorry that I spent, not sorry, and it wasn't a whole 20 minutes, but you get what I'm saying. I, I didn't mean to go that long, but I feel like it would be hypocritical for, again, all the other things that I've previously brought up to not bring up this very obvious and what is relevant, prevalent, you know, not prevalent maybe, but a relevant issue, you know, as far as what's being talked about. And, um... <sighs> I know I don't have any hard opinions to add to it, and I'm trying to, but I, I don't know, man. Understanding. Solidarity.
one day. All right, folks, we're going to, on that note, 20 minutes, we're going to move on to UFC Vegas 37. UFC Fight Night 192, UFC Smith versus Span. <coughs> Sorry about that. All right. Um, well, actually, you know what? We're going to do um, real quick Romero and Davis. Uh, Davis minus 120. Romero plus 100. Line pretty much flipped. Uh, Romero opened the favorite. And I, I get that the line would flip, and that makes sense. I was initially leaning toward Davis, too. He's the more active guy. Deserves to be favored, but um, basically what swayed me was, I know you remember Romero's old, but he's always been old, and I know he's coming off of a layoff, but like, as we know, layoffs aren't as big of a deal anymore. Uh, what interests me is the Bellator factor. There's the unwritten one, which, you know, I can't really write or speculate about, publicly, but, you know, uh, there's no drug testing, just saying that, you know, it's not as strict, right, just saying, just saying, and, uh, but more, no, more importantly, um, and more measurably, um, Bellator non-title fights, or main event, uh, non-title main events, I should say, are only three rounds, unlike the UFC that does five, um, and Yoel Romero is not very consistent, and sometimes he can, you know, since he likes to counter. If he's faced with another fighter who likes to counter or is not giving him a lot, could get a boring fight. But a low-output fighter like Davis, is he really one to outscore Romero? And with the judges trending more toward damaging moments rather than pitter-patter stuff or this or that, well, even though Romero's been screwed by a lot of scorecards in the past, um, I would think this new trend of, uh, of judges judging where they're actually trying to follow the fucking criteria, um, I think that benefits Romero, you know, even if he's just bursting Romero, right? Uh, which he always is to an extent because of the freestyle sensibilities, which I wrote, and hopefully I did a decent job um, to, to, to set the people straight. Especially with my man uh, Eddie G, uh, not writing, uh, not gonna be writing as much for a minute. But uh, but no, uh, no, we were just talking about the freestyle folk stuff. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna focus on this for that breakdown. So I wrote a bit on that, um, and and the differences there. But um, but yeah, basically, you're telling me that Romero just has to steal two rounds from a low output guy, who is not gonna probably even try to take him down, and if he does, he's probably not gonna get the takedown. Like, all right, I'll take Romero plus money, maybe by decision. I, I didn't play either of those. They're still not as juicy, uh, you know, as, as nice numbers as I would like. We'll see. I, I may sprinkle small, but it's nothing. Sorry, you're wrong, folks. You know, you got to keep it small on that one. You can't really be confident. Um, nothing really else worth talking about Bellator. No offense, although I am going to be looking to. Actually, I'm curious about that Saul Rogers, Joy Karakanyan fight. That, that should be uh, good. I think I officially picked Karakanyan, but uh, I like Saul Rogers' attitude uh, going into this one. I like that he's been training down there at Sanford, so I'm stoked to see what Saul's got, man. Uh, and he, This one's going to be back up at 155, where he what, garnered a lot of his hype in that Ultimate Fighter series. Granted, he was training for a 45 fight, um, and Karakanyan, of course, always a weight jumper, so we'll see with that one. All right, 23, 24... UFC. All right. 
All right. Uh, so we got Anthony Smith minus 172. Ryan Spann, come back on him, plus 144. Headlining UFC Vegas 37. Um, yeah, my main event... Uh, I subbed it early yesterday, so it'll be out. I'm late on my shit, sorry. The video's probably up because I, I did that earlier in the week. Um, but, um, yeah, I took Anthony Smith here, and basically third round is a promised land. Ryan's band just drops off toward the end of round two consistently. And Anthony Smith, as we know, he is a round three fighter, speaking of Yoel Romero. Uh, Anthony Smith is a round three guy, so I picked him by... Round three submission, though maybe he could get a TKO. He flattens out a tired span and just punches instead. But uh, Anthony Smith tends to like to go for the choke from there. Um, but he'll have to be careful and not underestimate Span's grappling. They both have kind of floaty hips for long guys. They don't have... It's like they have strong hips when they're grappling, just not when they're wrestling, you know, as far as defending takedowns. Of course, Span will go to a guillotine a lot more, um, although I... Not sure Smith will have to worry about it as much because Span is the more shot, willing shot wrestler of the two and arguably the more effective one. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised for Span to do well in the beginning, to get takedowns, to even do, 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 to even do damage. But so long as Smith doesn't let Span do too much damage, so what you get to watch out for is, um, especially if Smith gets you know, taken down and goes to a turtle where he hangs out too long, he's too comfortable in. Coming from a guy who loves and is too comfortable from his turtle, by the way. Uh, a guy with long arms that can actually hit and seems to be grasping and getting a grasp on his power like Span has uh, recently. I think that could be dangerous. I think that's Span's path, but it's going to have to be within the first 10 minutes. Um, so uh, I sprinkled Smith three, round three, plus 825. I sprinkled Smith inside the distance. Um... Plus 100, uh, one unit, and then quarter unit on that round three, by the way. Um, I don't like where that total set at two and a half. It really fucks with that round three. Uh, a lot of stuff's going to be happening right at that point, so it just kind of makes me stay away from the total. If you like span, then just kick for coverage and stick with the money line, I guess. Um, no clear hedge here for me, at least not that I see. Next fight, um, <laughs> yeah. Ewan Cute Laba, minus 152 versus Devin Brown Come on, Devin. You gotta fight, goddammit. Clark, yeah. <laughs> plus 128. We got David Clark, my favorite quarter man. Come on, Devin. <laughs> so great. Oh, yeah. add, add plus two HP points. Devin Clark in the corner. Our David Clark card. Um, as much as I love David Clark, as much as, um, you know, Got love for a stout dude with tick toys. He's got some tick toys there. Uh, I, I got cute lava here. Part of me was like, Devin Clark may be underdog, but then I'm like, oh, wait. Uh, no, no. I've, I've never been underdog. I'm I, I still not a believer, Devin Clark. And I just, I'm not sure between being a wrestler who not even just doesn't do his jujitsu, which was clear as day with that Anthony Smith and that triangle and that diva. Like, he kind of just told on himself, like, oh, no wonder why you can't meaningfully do damage or much less keep guys down, even if you can take them down. Because that defense and that transition work just showed where his jiu-jitsu was at if the young Blakovich fight didn't already back in the day, right? Um, and you compare how far those away uh, how far those away were, uh, were from each other, and you're like, dude, this guy even working on his jiu-jitsu? Um, so it's just like, yeah, like that's why I've been able to like cash sub-props on him all the time. 
And you know what? Uh, I'm picking playing cute, cute Lava here. I got him inside the distance at plus 110. However, I used a little bit of a free play on that, on the submission prop, because cute Lava, he does have two submissions, and they were both Omoplatas. I don't know what the fuck the story is. I know that's not likely. I know they were probably against, like, Cans in Moldova. But the fact is... The guy can do that. I'm sure he can just do like a basic ass guillotine choke that Devin Clark's gonna give him as soon as he gets hit hard and freaks out and panics like he does. Um, and Cute Lava's been working at Shrink Couture. This is his second camp, so he should be much more well adjusted. Looks like he rented a house here, so he's been down here, not like just stopping off the last three weeks. Um, and when I watched his fight, it's Jacoby, and I believe I was on Jacoby that fight, but that was his first fight with uh, Extreme Couture. And uh, you could see some differences in, uh, for the positive. Uh, <clears throat> as far as his, his, some of his pacing and his technique, nothing crazy drastic. But even in his poor performances, uh, even when he does has gassed out before, he fights through it. He doesn't quit, which you know I can't say the same thing for Clark. Um, where it's just decision or bust for Clark. And again, even though it is the smaller octagon, uh, judges are are, are are wise and not rewarding meaningless takedowns uh, anymore, which is good. Um, again, I stand against the overcorrection, but it doesn't mean I'm not I'm against these things in principle. I'm, I agree with these things. I agree with the criteria. Um, <coughs> it's just open for a hell of an interpretation. Uh, but yeah, I think they're going to reward the damaging fighter, even if it does make it the distance. So I put 1.5 units on cute Laba. And I also uh, threw a unit on Cute Lava inside the distance. Probably my most confident, you know, um, pick. Not even so much the Cute Lava aspect, more the probably the Clark portion of this. So, not to be a dick, just how I feel. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I did. Um, Ariana Lipsky, minus 124. Mandy Bohm, plus 106. Uh, I, I picked Lipsky, but it's not confident. Um, I didn't research this fight. So, uh, yeah, uh, probably an avoid, but the pick is Lipsky, avoid. Uh, Armin Saryukin, uh, Saryukin, uh, minus 820. Christos Yagos, uh, plus 570. It's funny, man. I, I was one of the early people that was super high on Saryukin, and now that everybody seems to have caught on, uh, and, and now it almost feels like they're overinflating him, which, you know, my contrarian ass, especially with, like, analysts I respect, kind of feeling the same way and having their own reasonings for not maybe being as high. Uh, you know, and I find myself moving away from, from, from Saryukian. Uh, no, just kidding. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait uh, to see how he develops. I, I just think it's probably safer to not get too high, not get too low, especially it worries me now that everybody's like kind of catching on these trains, these guys that I, I bump up online. You know, I forget people actually pay attention to my opinion sometimes maybe. I don't know. But uh, I hope this kid didn't get doesn't get cursed with the overinflated line stuff, uh, which is what we're seeing here. My pick is uh, Sarukian. Um, but, yeah, no angles for that inflation. All right. Um, Joaquin Buckley, minus 205. Antonio Ahoyo, plus 172. Again, he just kind of, like, looks the part. Like, with Devin Clark, trains down there. Jackson Wank. I feel like they're just they're about, you know, it's like, Cosmetic training. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm sure it's really good training down there in Jackson Wink. And a lot of coaches that don't get credit that are good. 
Um, but I, so a lot of these guys just go to their Instagrams, and I just feel like they're just like they're all about letting you know they're 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 training in Jackson Wink. But it just it's like are you guys there for the show or for the go? You know? And um, I don't know, man. Like, and I get it. A lot of people. A lot of people used to like. Uh, fucking you know throw that criticism extreme tour back in the day like I forget who said what or something like what do you guys like fucking club fighters or some shit I don't know I forget Ugh. yeah uh, I picked Buckley here I was thinking about using Buckley in something but I'm like ooh Royal's never been knocked out um and yeah I don't know if Buckley's gonna Buckley's never got a submission win so yeah, it could be just a really ugly fight that's closer than it needs to be and closer than the line indicates, but the pick is still Buckley. Um, up next, I want to use this guy for a parlay piece. I still may, but I don't know with who. Tony Gravla, minus 200, and Nate Manis, plus 168. Um, I just like Gravley here just because uh the level of competition and the style and the small cage. This is a fight where he can wrestle and control against the cage, control, uh, do damage, uh, hopefully against the cage on top, uh, and just bank rounds that way. So I got Gravely. Uh, Nicholas Mota, minus 320. Cameron Von Camp, plus 260. Taking Mota over the short notice replacement. Although, you know, hey, short notice replacements could do things, but I appreciate This is that highlighter bus kid, and I'm not really fans of those. Uh, in general, as far as just picking them, so I'll get Mo. I'll take Mota. Um, Tafon and Chukwi minus one twenty six versus Mike Rodriguez. Slow Mike minus one oh eight. I think my vision is going. Even though my glasses, that's how tired I am. My vision starts to go. The beautiful joy of TBIs. Uh, so um, yeah. Sorry if I misread that number. God, I'm blinking bad. I gotta get through this. Um, I'm taking Nchukwi. It's funny, man. Like, part of me, it's, it's not because it's like, I don't want to be like one of those dudes that's like, you know, where it's like borderline races where we're just hyping like, oh, look at all the potential. He's the African fighters where it's just like, and by the way, I'm, I'm excited about African fighters, but I hope it doesn't come off the wrong way. Like when I was talking about the PFL oogling over uh, black athletes on last week's podcast, I meant that as in, I hope people don't, not that anybody complained or or accuse me of that, but it's like, when, it's like I'm always worried that it's gonna come off racist. When really, I'm actually setting like the more like the get out racism, where it's like, hmm, you work out, hey, you know, you know, I voted for Obama, right? Like that weird reverse ass racism. Like that's what I was citing last week when I cited that. It's like very get out vibes I got from the PFL broadcast on that segment I was citing, and I bring up that point because for Tafon as well as we'll, we'll get to Impa. Um, I'm almost like tempted to play these because I feel like, well, one, you are getting a discount, I believe, from where both the lines opened up. Maybe not so much Tafon, maybe opened as even, but I know Impas, you're getting a discounted price, and I, and I feel like um, with all the hype that people tend to go like, you know, like oh, like again that weird like get out vibe hypes that people put put on the uh, put on these african fighters who are still wrong like trying to find their ways i feel like almost just for the price alone like uh, that you you know you're catching them on a on a downtrend like a buyer's market and it's like oh i can get them for cheap maybe i should do that cuz i'm picking spoiler alert i'm picking both them to win but you know you know 
part of me like, am I doing it just because of the value because you got guys like by the way like when Dana uh, signed uh, Chidi I believe Chidi was like born in Texas like he's American uh, American born but of but uh, you know it, again it's that borderline Dana was just like I got myself another Nigerian I guess which is real comes off real weird plantation owner esque which is another reason why you know I I'm never a fan of the and I hate it because a lot of people I love and respect do this. I'm not trying to come at you guys. But it's just a reason why I don't like the we talk, whether we're talking about sports. Like, A, there's that hole because even though I sucked at sports and combat sports, I fucking did them. You know? I fucking went out there and did them. So it's just like, what the fuck? Are you out there doing it? No. What is this we shit? You weren't fucking with them, you know? So there's that aspect that annoys me. But then there's also that weird, like, subtle, like, you know, like... Uh, you know, uh, overly excited guy to, you know, I don't know, just, you know, just like uh, wants to stand next to the uh, very successful guy or wants to stand next to the, you know, buff athlete. And it just, it, it's just, I get these weird, <laughs> it's just this weird inclusion of just trying to go off someone else's tailcoat and hard work. Like, I know I'm making all these vast lines and I'm barely half awake. But I just get those vibes when I hear people talk like that. You know, like, I got myself another Nigerian. No, we need Nigerian. These Nigerian fighters. Like, it's a talking point. Like, it's that, what, it, it, I, I get it. Like, we can all comment on people where they're from. That's fine. You know, whatever. Uh, I do, too. I get it. But, like, as far as, it's like, I don't know, like, justifying a price or analysis-wise, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of that weird kind of, like, <laughs> almost, like, get out, like, kind of vibes I get whenever these... These fighters are talked about, um, so and and I get it. I I'll play into like the thick willies of the world, and I'll do my own little shtick or whatever. But like I'm just talking about like the in generals of like people who do it seriously and don't don't realize what they're doing stuff, you know. Anyways, uh, the pick is Nchukwe. Wow, Dan, that was a really fucked up breakdown. Nchukwe's <laughs> uh, back at 205. I like his process, even you know. Even in a loss, um, I feel like Rodriguez will have moments, but unless he can, you know, hit the perfect thing, then Chukwu will roll here. We'll see if I play him or not. I don't know. Uh, Raquel Pennington minus one thirty. Penny Keyhands at plus one oh eight. Uh, I took Pennington here and I played it by decision. Uh, basically, uh, even though I'm always trying, you know, Pennington is someone I would try to fade because she's always like. She's like the John McDessie of like women's bantamweight. She's just always hanging around, hanging, hanging around. Uh, but you know, she's 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 deceptively well-rounded and skilled. And even when she was dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, admitted mental stuff and other issues, she still was always a well-rounded fighter who was a tough out. Um, and uh, now she looks like she's actually really caring about training. Looks like in the shape of her life. Heard an interview. It sounds the same. She really did a lot of work on herself that I, I really appreciate. I really enjoyed the interview with her. I think it was it. Uh, I don't know if it was Brownstead or was it a. Uh, um, I don't know. Was it on Filter? I don't know. I, I, uh, I caught an interview with hers. Uh, but I like it. I like what I see. I like what I hear. And I like this in the small cage because she's the more willing wrestler, the better grappler the better and more active clinch fighter and the more scoring clinch fighter. Uh, she traditionally does well in the small cage, dating back to her time in tough. Um, and she, 
I don't like Kianzet's travel where it looks like she's both traveling to the fight as well as kind of traveling around. It didn't look like she was getting the most consistent training, at least according to her IG. You know, whereas like where she has her mitt thing with the mitt person and it's like, oh, I like surprise, I got to work with this person today. Like, it's not good if you weren't planning. You mean you weren't planning to work with your mitt person? You just got, like, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't came off like a, she's not getting as good of a camp over there um, from what it comes off to me. You look at that she's also, even though she has had improvements, she's still been taken down in her last three fights, whereas Peddington scored takedowns in her last three fights. I just think she's going to be the more active and scoring fighter in every phase. Um, so, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go Pennington, and they're both durable. It'll probably go to decision two, so you can get a plus 140 if you're not looking to expose yourself chalk-wise, but you want action because you're degenerate and you like plus money. There's always that angle, too. Um, all right, uh, Rongju, uh, minus 300, Brandon Jenkins, plus 240, don't know much about this, gonna go, uh, Rongju, uh, over the short notice fighter, um, which sucks, cause I, I liked, uh, uh, I liked Bush, Jesus, Dan, phrasing, um, in that spot, too, boo-hoo, all right, um, uh, Montel Jackson, minus 670, uh, JP buys plus 490, um. Yeah, I I just uh. I don't know. I yeah, Montel Jackson. Obviously, I mean, not much to say here, right? Um, pretty sure JP buys is training out of that backyard there. Shoot Matur. Good luck to him. Uh, but uh, the pick is Jackson. Although I would not be upset from you know, JP buys is able to outlast, and you know we'll see. We'll see. As I'm just gonna be watching Jackson more to see watch his gas tank and his decision making. He's one of those guys that I don't know how long he is for 135, so he has to move up. We'll see. Uh, right. Aaron Blanchfield, minus 390. Sarah Alpar, plus 310. That feels ridiculously wide, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'll take Blanchfield. Um, we'll see what Alpar has. Uh, here we go. That weird fucking... Uh, me and my social commentary breakdowns, Dan. Those are popular. Uh, Impa Kassan, minus 118. Carlston Harris plus 100. Again, I feel like this is tight, but uh, I also realized Carlston Harris was uh, not the guy I was. Th I was thinking that he was an Alaska FC guy. Now that I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, this wasn't. This isn't the same guy. Um, I think you know, I was thinking of the guy who fought a uh, Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Uh, who was it? Semmelsberger. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the guy who fought him from like the Alaska FC scene. So maybe that's why it's tight. So maybe there's something there, but I'm still going to pick uh, Impa Kasanganai. Um, yeah, we'll just see how his game's coming along with his uh, like his body work, grappling. Again, a statue neck can take a back, too, if it's there. But um, with no hooks, I guess. But uh, we'll see. Um, probably just stay away now that I look at it. But the pick is still Impa. Next fight, uh, actually picking a dog, but haven't played him. I probably should, although I think more money is going to come in on Haley Alatang, minus 132. Gustavo Lopez, plus 112. This is an extreme couture fighter I am biased on. Got to state it. Uh, love me some Gus. But um, we'll see. It's it's hard. I, I'm still going to pick Lopez, but you know what kind of scared me? I see Alatang's over there at fight ready, man. And he already looked like a tank and just an athletic phenom, which could be enough if he, you know, can avoid getting knocked out. Um, both guys have been knocked out three times. Um, 
except uh, Alateng's knockouts happen early, and that's when Gustavo Lopez usually scores his knockouts early. Uh, Gustavo's got a, a wide variety of submissions, including the armbar that accounts for Alateng's lone submission loss, but I'm kind of smelling a guillotine here, which Gustavo Lopez has won fights that way as well because of uh, Alateng's power takedown game. He appears hard to be taken down, to take down, so I don't know if Gustavo will be able to find his game there as far as getting his back takes or anything like that. But if Alatane does go for a takedown, he could get his neck snatched. So it's either going to be something opportunistic like that um, or a knockout. Otherwise, you get a dogfight. Either way, it's still multiple paths for victory for the guy with plus money. I'll take him. Um, although I admittedly haven't played him, and there's admittedly a little bit of bias in there, right? So, okay. Also biased in the next one, Emily Whitmire, Spitfire Whitmire, uh, minus 130. Hannah, everything's good, plus 108. Um, Going to go with Whitmire because she is the grappler in the smaller cage and was not impressed with everything's gold, Goldie. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Whitmire there um, by submission. Uh, but we will see. All right, how did I do on time there? So I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. 45 minutes, at least I kept it expedited with my weird fucking breakdowns. Get out. Uh, taking uh, Yoel Romero <laughs> by decision over Phil Davis in the Bellator main event at UFC. I'm taking Anthony Smith uh, over Ryan Spann. Taking uh, Yvonne Cute Laba over Devin Brambeck. Like, you got to fight, goddammit. Uh, taking uh, Ariane Lipsky over Bohm, taking Zor Yukin over Yagos, taking Buckley over Arroyo, taking Gravle over Manass, taking Mota over Van Camp, taking Ninchukwi over Rodriguez, taking Pennington over Kian Zad, taking Rong over Jenkins, taking Jackson over Byes, taking Blanchfield over Alpar, taking Kasanganai over Harris, taking Lopez over Alatang, taking Whitmire over Goldie. Um, played Cute Lava, minus 145, 1.5 units. Pennington straight up, uh, my only line, minus 126, 1.25 units. Uh, played uh, Cute Lava inside the distance, Plus 110. Pennington by decision. Sprinkled in quarter unit. Plus 140. Smith inside the distance. Plus 100. A whole unit. Sprinkled on Smith. Round 3. Plus 825. Um, and that's it. Uh, I avoided the rest. I may throw gravelly, gravelly in something for fun. But uh, n n no parlays here. Sorry for the people looking for that. That's what I got. It's also what's coming out on Odds Checker. They get my best plays in. Like I said, like I called the only early in the week. It's wasn't going to be too heavy, so thank you guys. Hopefully I didn't piss or offend too many people off. Let's all try to be a bit more understanding. I'm trying myself. I know that I'm fucking not beyond, you know, my own fucked up shit. Believe me, folks, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. I'm trying to, so um, let's just try to minimize the hate and up the understanding. Uh, I, I love you all, even though I piss off probably most of you. I do love you all and, and appreciate you greatly. And I do wish you, even if you're not on the same stuff, I do wish you luck on whatever you're picking and playing this week. Always protect your nest.